good morning. What a joyful way to come into worship. Thank you, Micah. It's so good to hear you again and see you. So, wasn't last week awesome? Yes. <laughs> the, the, the joy, the energy, everything that was in that service was so wonderful. And to see people coming in together and hugs and all those things that we've missed. So now we're going to do it again. And uh, you may have noticed the front row is empty. Jason is not here. He had taken the week off just for a little R&R. And so Amy will be preaching today. But we welcome you, whether you're at home on the podcast, in your car, or in this wonderful sanctuary. Welcome, welcome to worship. Um, Choir, you notice we've got a nice choir in the choir loft here. And they are meeting for practice on Wednesday evenings. And they're also meeting on Sunday mornings right here in the choir loft before worship to practice. And they're still accepting new members. So if you would like to become part of our beautiful choir... I'll just talk to Cornell, and he will get you set up. This week is an exciting week because Wednesday starts our VBS program. And I imagine Carrie will be telling us more about that in a few minutes. But just be in prayer for the children, for the workers, for everyone involved, that it's a successful, beautiful, growing week for everyone. And then, you know, we used to sign the attendance books every Sunday when we came in, but we're not wanting to pass things from person to person. So don't sign the attendance books. What's happening is when you come in the door, there's spotters there, and they're checking you off on the list. So attendance is being taken You don't have to do anything about it. So with all those announcements taken care of, now we'll quiet our hearts and go into a time of worship. Psalm 66 says, Be joyful in God, all you lands. Be joyful, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great strength, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down before you, sings to you, sing out to your name. Come now and see what God has done. How awesome are God's deeds toward all people. Bless our God, you peoples. Let the sound of praise be heard. Pray with me. And so we come before you this morning with joy, singing praises to your holy name. Our God has brought us out of times of trial. Our God brings us through the waters of salvation to new life. Hear our prayer, O God. 
receive the praise we offer and loosen our tongues to tell with joy the great things you have done for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now would you please stand and sing one of the great hymns of our faith.
ask all children to come up to the front. I see you, Rose. So as Sharon had mentioned, this week we do have VBS, and I do want to take this time um, for our children's message to spend that time in prayer over the program um, and all of its volunteers. So at this time, if you have a role in VBS, if you're volunteering in a station, as a crew leader, um, in the band, uh, in hospitality, helping with food, if you have a place, a role in VBS, could you please stand? Thank you. And while we will be praying over this great group of people, I also want us to be praying over our children. So at this time, can all the children please stand? Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to bring VBS back to our our children here at PCC this year. Last year was a very weird, unpredictable year, and we just, the committee and myself here at PCC really wanted to bring a program that these children can look forward to, Father. And I just want to spend time here to pray over every volunteer who is standing today. I pray that you give them strength um, as we endure a week of fun, um, but can be challenging at times. Um, I pray that you give them grace and peace with anything that may be um, difficult as they finalize any of their plans. Um, And I just pray over them, Father, and I I lift them up to you in praise, really, for their their commitment to this program, Father, for their passion for these children, um, to give them something, not just uh, a source of fun, but of something of faith-based that will bring them closer, Father, to God, to you. Um, I pray over each and every child who's standing here today as well, Father. I pray that they feel you in each of these stations, that they meet you, that they come to you, and that they essentially just learn more about you, Father, and the goodness that you are. Um, Be with us in this week. Um, Let things run as smoothly as possible. Um, and that we just we just ask for your presence in this program, Father. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. And at this time, all children and youth are dismissed to Sunday school. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Let us now with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive that mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Pray with me the prayer of confession. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts 
we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Please stand.
As Sharon said, I am Amy Hemsiri Sabala. Pastor Jason is having some much needed rest. Um, so last week back in the sanctuary, kind of awesome, huh? For me, it was a little bit emotional, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I was sitting in the corner crying a little. Um, the choir and hearing your voices, seeing your faces without masks, um, the communion table. We hadn't seen that in almost a year and a half. And then, of course, Pastor Jason breaks all of that when he disrobes and has back inside. (laughs) So another step towards normal, right? But do any of us really know what normal is anymore? I know I don't. We were all irrevocably changed by the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown. I don't think anybody emerged unchanged from that. Today we will be reading from Isaiah 43. This text is prophesying Babylon conquering Israel, which will send them into 70 years of exile. I encourage you to listen to the text with ears that have experienced exile. Beginning in verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Skipping down to verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One. Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Father God, illuminate these words of Isaiah to fall afresh on us today. Open our ears up to hear your strong words of encouragement and hope, that even in the midst of exile, here you are, 
And even in the midst of difficult times, you never leave or forsake us. There are some listening that are clinging to your message of hope. Transform the human words of my mouth to be your words for us today. In the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Tim Keller, pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, said this, God sees us as we are, loves us as we are, and accepts us as we are. But by his grace, he does not leave us as we are. God is in the business of change, of seeing us exactly where we are now, and then slowly reconfiguring us, taking the whole of who we are and continually rearranging us into something new. Isn't that the very definition of discipleship? I titled the term, the sermon, Reconfiguration. It's a really fancy IT term if you're not familiar with it. Reconfiguration is the act of rearranging something into an altered form to change its shape or formation, to remodel or to restructure it. In chapter 43 of Isaiah, he is addressing the circumstances facing the battered Israelites. Their army has been scattered, their nation destroyed, and the situation around them, quite frankly, seems hopeless. The Assyrian army is encroaching upon Israel. Babylon, Egypt, Cush, and Seba are all potential aggressors. And amidst this all, God reminds Israel, Do not fear. I have redeemed you. Do not fear. I am with you. At this moment, when Israel does not know if it can face the immense challenges before it, Isaiah reminds them that God is with them, and he will provide for his people. He has promised he will provide for his people. COVID-19 left each and every one of us in exile. One day, we were out and about enjoying our lives. We were seeing friends. We were going to lunch. We were coming to church. And then literally, the next day, the aggressor came in the form of a virulent virus. And then exile. Hibernation. Loneliness. Fear. God reminds us, do not fear. I am with you. It's easier for us to see God's redemption now that the state has been reopened for almost a month. But could we have believed in God's redemption six months ago when we were in the middle of it? At the core of these verses in Isaiah 43 is verse 19. God is doing a new thing. And a new thing is exactly what Israel needed. Their city, their culture, their people are in tatters. The old city is just gone, and they're under a potential new threat. And something is about to change. When God is afoot doing a new thing, we must not get in his way. 
We must not stay invested in how things were, how things used to be. God calls Israel, and I believe he's calling each one of us, to constantly adapt to the changes we face. And in doing so, rebuilding and keeping his message of hope afresh. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, it was a big adjustment for the people. Once enslaved, they had at least had a roof over their heads and food to eat. But after they crossed the Red Sea, they were nomads with no defined place to sleep and no source of food. That change, God's liberation of Israel from Egypt, was almost, almost too much for them to bear. And Israel grumbled at God. Oh, how they grumbled at him. And as a result, they wandered the desert. In order for something new to begin, something old has to end. How we react to those endings will determine how well and how easily we transition or process the change, how easily we are able to reconfigure. Even when changes are good, like a marriage or a promotion or a move, there are still losses associated with what we are leaving behind. And when we can acknowledge those losses and grieve them, we can end well and be ready to take on the new challenge. Our thinking remains stuck in the past when we don't acknowledge and grieve those losses. And it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't hasten anything when we refuse to look at the losses and just jump into that new situation. I think that may have been part of Israel's problem. They didn't have time to think. They just had to leave after the 10th plague, take whatever they could carry with them. And once the Israelites had safely crossed the Red Sea, they just couldn't seem to let go of the past. Everything, they compared everything to their old way of life. They were truly stuck. They complained about the food. So God sent manna. They complained about no water. So God had Moses strike the rock and out came water. They grumbled upon uh, that they had no meat. And God sent quail. It's so easy for us today that has the Bible in its entirety to read it, to see God's provision for Israel, and wonder how they didn't get it. But do we? Do we get it? While we were in our COVID exile, we were grumbling. We, we were comparing life currently to our previous freedoms. Most of us were afraid to shop, so we had our groceries delivered. Do you remember that? We wiped everything down before we would put it away in our pantry. We stopped gra- gathering. Grandparents and grandchildren couldn't see each other. Friends and relatives that were not in our very immediate circle could not, we could not get together with them. If a loved one had to go to the hospital, we couldn't go with them. Our basic freedoms were limited as we tried to come to grasp with this invader virus. 
Thank you, God, that you did not keep us wandering in the desert for 40 years as a result of our grumbling. But, but good things did emerge from the pandemic. And no, I am not saying that the pandemic was good. Far from it. COVID-19 taught us to slow down, right? To spend time with those closest to us, the ones that we could. Many learned new hobbies, Many of us spent more time with God. And when the initial fear subsided, the slowed pace of life felt like one big, long exhale. But let's be honest, nobody likes change. Change is difficult and stressful, even the good changes. Two weeks ago, I moved from my house of almost 30 years into a remodeled, one-story house that's absolutely perfect for my sister and I. Packing up, moving, and unpacking 30 years' worth of stuff has been a huge challenge. But it's not so much the situation of moving that's uncomfortable as it is the process of reconfiguration. It was much easier for me to live a mile away with all my stuff tucked away in closets and in the garage, and I didn't have to pay attention to it. But this move forced me to contend with all of it. As circumstances change, we cannot remain stuck no matter how much we wish we could. I can't. Israel couldn't. You can't. When change occurs, it is time to grieve. Between the grief process of change and the new thing that God is doing is a transition time called the neutral zone. The neutral zone is coined by William Bridges. He's a best-selling author and consultant who advises how to deal productively with change. He says this, The neutral zone is an in-between time, when the old is gone, but the new hasn't come to fruition. It's a state of limbo, where the old ways don't work anymore, yet the new ways don't feel right either. It's the wandering time in the desert for the Israelites. And as you can imagine, the neutral zone is uncomfortable. And most of us want to rush through it and start that something new. But this time period is the very core of our transition, of our reconfiguration, and ultimately of our transformation. During the neutral zone time, it may not look like much is going on. Bridges asserts this is a time where questioning, growth, learning, formation, courage, creativity, and risk-taking happens. The neutral zone is the time for attitudes to shift and expectations to readjust. When our time in the neutral zone is done, we are ready to start the new thing. And Bridges writes, beginnings take place when people are ready to make the emotional commitment to do things the new way and see themselves as new people. Beginnings require us to make a commitment and to take a risk. 
As I was preparing this sermon, there were so many applications in my personal life. And I've shared before with you that God always preaches the sermon first to me, and then I can preach it to you. I also realized that there are parallels in our corporate life here at PCC. Pastor Jason and his family had just arrived only eight months before COVID. God is doing a new thing right here. We may not see it yet. The question is, are we ready to come out of exile and be a part of the new thing that God is doing? Or are we still in a grumbling place? Are we still in a place where we're grieving Pastor Tim and Pastor Charles? Are we ready to ask God joyfully to bring us through the grieving process and the neutral zone? I'll wrap up with three applications. First, change is inevitable. But the good news is that God is doing a new thing. Second, grief is a necessary part to move through change productively. And third, hope. Reconfiguration leads to transformation. Change may be defined by our situations and our circumstances, but reconfiguration is transformation. And transformation is defined by that shift that we make internally in response to the change. Through reconfiguration, we transform. We let go of how things used to be, and we learn to accept and adjust to the reality we face now. God already has a plan and a purpose for each one of us, and corporately for us as a church body. He is about to do a new thing. Can we see it? Pray with me. Lord of all creation, you have called us by name, and we are yours. Lead us through the changes that are going on in each one of our lives and in our corporate life together. Mold us and reconfigure us into disciples worthy of being called Christ followers. Help us to grieve what we have lost, to lean on your understanding of what is possible, and to find joy in the process. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the enemy from wreaking havoc in our personal lives and in our collective work in this corner of your kingdom. May it be so. Amen. Please stand.
That is one thing I really missed, was singing out the hymns. As we come to the time now to give of our tithes and offerings, we're reminded in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it, the world and those who live in it. And so now we have a time to return to God the offerings of our lives. Um, We're not passing a plate like we used to. Again, we're trying to avoid too much contact. If you didn't see the plate when you came in, there will be plates outside the door when you leave to place your offering. If you're listening on the podcast, you just send it to PCC, Box 2128, Costa Mesa, 92628. Tim, it's great to see you back. We look forward to your music and message.
doxology. bring the needs of the church, the world, and all in need to God's loving care. Pray with me. 
God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayers. This week, we have heard news stories of almost every type of severe weather. There has been deadly rain, hail, tornadoes, flooding, drought, and fires, and the hottest summer on record so far. Lives are threatened, property is destroyed. We pray today for all who are affected by these acts of nature. Protect us and teach us how to live safely. We pray for the ministries of this church, for its outreach into the community. We pray for BVS this week. We pray that the children in attendance receive new understandings of God's love for them. We give thanks for the many volunteers who are part of the program, and we ask your blessing on those days. Guide and protect rulers of the nations. Move them to set aside their fear, greed, and ambitions and bow to your sovereign rule. We pray for relations with Russia, that diplomacy may work to make a difference. We pray for the country of Haiti and the assassination of their leader this week. We pray for the people affected by the turmoil resulting from the loss of leadership and the fears of the people on the street. We pray for peace for this troubled nation. We pray for Afghanistan as our remaining troops are withdrawn. We pray for a smooth transition of defense and power, and we pray for all opposing the Taliban. Sustain those who need your healing touch. Make the sick whole. Give hope to the dying. Comfort those who mourn. Uphold all who suffer in body or mind. May they know the peace of your supporting care. And may they see your love in the hands of those who reach out to them. We continue to pray for Jane Werner, that her fracture continues to heal, and that she can reach a point of pain-free living again. We pray for Keith Costlin and pray that he continues to make progress toward health. We pray for Phyllis Smith in her healing and others that we name silently. We pray for the church. Keep us true to the gospel and responsive to the gifts and needs of all. May your saving power in Jesus Christ be made known by the witness of our faith, our worship, and our lives. Hear us now as we join in the prayer you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. God reminds us, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. There's our message of hope. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today, throughout the week, and always. May it be so.